Leaders podcast, where we talk about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. Thanks for joining me. Alan Finger is a master of yoga with the title of Kavi Yogi Raj, and he's been teaching yoga and meditation for over 50 years. Alan began studying yoga at the age of 16 with his father, Manny Finger, who had been initiated into Kriya Yoga by Paramahansa Yogananda. Yogananda, coincidentally, was also the place I began my study of yoga meditation. But Alan's father converted part of their house into an ashram, and they hosted there many Indian gurus and teachers who came through South Africa. Manny and Alan then subsequently studied and learned from and worked with Swami Venkatesananda of the Shivananda lineage, Swami Nisreyasananda of the Ramakrishna mission, and Shuddhananda Bharati, who was a tantric master. And together, all of these pieces were melded by Alan and his father into what we now call Ishta Yoga. I was in Los Angeles in the early 1980s. Alan had been in Los Angeles at that time and started several places there, including the Yoga Tantra Institute. He was teaching people in the entertainment business. He was on the studio uh, set for the show Mork and Mindy, teaching Robin Williams. He taught Joni Mitchell and many other people, both celebrities and, and not. Alan moved to New York in 1993, and I had the great good karma to encounter Alan's Ishta Yoga when I lived in Los Angeles at the studio that he helped to create, which was called Yoga Works. Then when I moved to New York in 2000, I stumbled upon, or as yogis would say, my karma led me to Alan's studio called Yoga Zone, where I began to study again. So I've been around Alan Finger's form of yoga, the Ishta Yoga that he creates for a very long time. And Alan and I wrote a book this past year about using yoga as a tool for meditation, that yoga is in fact a practice of meditation. The book is out now, it's called The Genius of Yoga, How Yoga Meditation Can Help Unlock Your Innate Brilliance. And um, I haven't had Alan on my podcast, I've always been waiting for just the right time to do it. And this seems like just the right time to do it. So I'm delighted to have Alan phoning in from Florida while I'm visiting with friends in Saratoga Springs, New York. And we're going to talk for this podcast about our book and about yoga. And I hope you enjoy it. Here we go. Hi, Al. Hi, Peter. So good to have you here. This is very good for us both. Yeah, and uh, we're spending so much time on Zoom virtually all the time anyway these days. So the idea of having a conversation from two different places at the same time is not so weird anymore. Yeah, I've always been very comfortable 
with you know FaceTiming or even with uh, kind of like uh, with, with TV or something like right. that. Yeah, I can kind of feel through the the lens. I've been amazed at how much that's the case with our classes now that we're teaching online and and doing Shaktipat online. It's yeah, it's like space is not such a fixed thing. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, totally. It's the energy that flows through. Yeah. Yeah, all I need is a bigger monitor because I look at my phone and that gets a little Everybody's, but if it were bigger, yeah, be yeah. easier. Yeah. Well that kind of segues into this book that that we just wrote and just got released this week. Congratulations. That's exciting. That our, Thank our book you. A lot, lot of hard work on your behalf more than mine. But well um, yeah, I happy to do it. Yeah. Um but um the book talks about this notion of energy. It talks about the notion of who we are and how we get there. And it's something that I think is really missing in the conversation, especially in the, um, like the, uh, what, do you, what would you call it? Like the popular me uh, media where the news and the magazines, they're, they're always talking about meditation as this cure-all for things. But the way they talk about meditation is so much smaller than what meditation truly is in its mm -hmm. entirety. So maybe you can uh, sort well, of I, I dispel think, that I think, problem. Peter, we should really even start a little earlier than that and say, well, yoga. Yeah. Even yoga, what is yoga? Yoga really means tuning to, coming to a place of oneness. Because it's only when you can come to that place of oneness that you can tune to something greater than the mind. Because the mind works on duality. Yeah. So when we even look at what yoga is, what they're doing with yoga now, I mean, it's like gymnastics. It's all, it's all just about, you know, what people do with their bodies and how they can bend them and what weird pose they can get into. Not, not even bearing in mind why the yogis originally did this. They did it because, of course, they saw that the body had a subtle energy flowing through it. They called it prana. Today we could call it electromagnetic energy, which actually governs how Every, it, it, it's what links everything together in your in your being. Yeah. And those subtle forces are what we, they saw if the body was tight and bound up, the energy wasn't flowing. So the asanas were done to open the body so this electromagnetic force could flow, and especially in the central core of the being, which yeah. is the command center of our being. Yeah. And I was speaking with my my friend here who we're, we're visiting, and I said that, you know, there's a lot of news about the mindfulness and things that have been, you know, put under the microscope, quite literally, like, you know, doing scientific method testing on things. And a lot of what a typical person might hear about is that aspect of meditation and it's very hard to test for the kinds of things you just talked about and yet the evidence for the stuff that you are talking about is 4000 years of observation 
you know, mm-hmm. yogis have been using these techniques for all this time, getting the same kinds of results. So it's like a replication of experiment, not not a faith or belief or anything like that. We're not like preaching. Yeah, unfortunately today, you know, science wants to measure it with their tools in the world of matter. And there's something bigger and deeper than just these end products of matter. And it's these subtle energy forces that really are common to all of us. The matter is different and the mind is different. But the very subtle energies inside are the same. So that's the science. One yeah. So science is, and you can only see it. You can only perceive these things when you get out of the part of the brain that is measuring. So they are in the part of the brain that's measuring and they're trying to measure what happens to you, what happens to the brain rhythms, what happens to all the, And I find it really interesting to see that, as you do, I know, too, and you studied it a lot more than I, but it's really the ability to be able to get the mind quiet. And that's when a, a different and intuitive viewing starts to occur, an insightful viewing. And that's what people lack. Yeah. And I was so impressed when I was doing a little research for another book I wrote that Einstein said, all scientific discoveries have to come from intuition. Mm -hmm. So many people rely on these things, but when it comes to thinking about how would you expressly get to that, they don't really think about it. They think you were just born with that or it's luck. But yoga is the way to access that thing that we call genius Mm -hmm. in popular language. And that's why we decided to name the book this with the great help of our publisher. So so just to add one little thing in there, Peter, they call it luck or magical when something comes through. Why? It's a luck because they don't know how to do it. Right. If one had to win the lotto and could see how the which ball was going to fall through and could see that, it would no longer be luck. Yeah. So it's only luck when you can tap into insight and genius, meaning a greater infinite intelligence. It's only luck when you don't know how to access it. Yeah. So the book shares with people how to access this and that's our job that's our life right and that's what a wonderful my job life. to have and yeah and that i lit that in you and you saw that and you do such a great job now thank you of sharing that you know so yeah. it's kind of like one candle lights the next <laughs> exactly <laughs> and opens us up and light is a really good metaphor for that too, because it's, it is something that we can all see when you get the light turned on. Mm-hmm. And that's the meaning of guru, Yeah. right? Yeah. One, one who removes darkness. So yeah. 
when you remove darkness, there's light. <laughs> it just is there. Yeah. And we all have that. Yeah. And that's such a, I think, I don't know, I've, I have always found that such a huge relief to know that it's inherent in me. Part of the plan of the universe is that we are able to tap into our intuition, our solutions, our creativity, that we just need to know how to pause the part of our mind that gets so busy and gets so caught up in things and is struggling for the answers. The answer is to stop struggling, to stop doing, to get quiet, to allow another part of us to have a chance to speak because it's very polite. Mm -hmm. It waits. So, so if you think of it, I mean, I don't usually throw Sanskrit stuff out there, but one of the most important things, yoga, chitta, vritti, nirodha. When you can still the vritti, the activity of your brain, that's when you can see beyond your brain. Yeah. Simple. And when you can see beyond the brain, you can access all knowledge, unconditional love, which then goes into everything, goes into what's happening at the moment in our planet, in our, well, in America with, you know, Black Ma Lives Matter. Well, if you're accessing unbound intelligence, there isn't even black lives. There's just lives. It's very hard for us when you're expanded in consciousness and know that the electromagnetic forces in that being are what's in me. We're the same. So whether we've got yellow skin, brown skin, why that's, that's just cute. That's whether you have a beard like you and me or not. Right. Yeah. So, you know, that whole vision of life just shifts. I mean, you can see from that limited perspective that politicians, unfortunately, yeah. and, and people get into yeah. when they're actually in their mind. Right. Well, all of us when we're stuck in our mind. Yeah. And I think for some people, they, they might be like scratching their head a little to say, well, what do you mean you get me beyond my mind? And that's really a premise of yoga, that there is this self, this consciousness that we don't know about when our mind is in the vritti, is in the spinning, in the activity. It takes this settling down, and then all of us can have the experience of that other self. Right. Mm -hmm. Yogananda was so smart in his titling of his organization to self-realization, to recognize who am I, mm -hmm. which was right after the and, Yoga Sutra and, you quoted. And, and a nice simple uh, analogy that everyone can relate to is if you go to the movies. Yeah. There's a white screen or silver screen on the wall. Light shines on it and sound comes into the room and we get into this whole movie and life or whatever's going on. And we can be in all sorts of dramas and emotions and romances and laughters and that. And we're looking at a white screen with light shining on it. Yeah. So when we have 
light thoughts going through our brain. Just, I mean, everybody think of it. I know Peter and I know this, but it's like when you have images going, they're not real. That's crazy that what we're thinking is not really real. It's just from patterns that have been cut and energy stored in our brain. There's and yet we will say that's the real mind, that's yeah. the real me. Yeah. This temporary thing. So who's there beyond those act those vritti, those modifications that fill your consciousness? Yeah. The same you is always there. Sometimes I'll describe in a, like a you know philosophy lecture about the movie, or usually I'll say it about a play, because then you have live actors on stage, you know, and that if the actor came down afterwards and you congratulated them for doing just a great job, and they started talking to you as though they're, they're the character, yeah. you know, didn't say thank you, they just said, what are you talking about? I'm actually, you know, Joe Smith in living in our town, whatever, you would think they were crazy, like they can't separate out that they're just playing this role. Yeah. And I yet that's that what we all do. I saw that exact thing happen with uh, Sarah's, my wife's mother. Right. She did. She played Golda Meir in a play. And I went to watch and I didn't even know the story. And afterwards, this guy came up and he wanted to talk to her about it because he was a survivor and he this and that. And, 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 and she was, you know, like, uh, I'm just an actress. <laughs> yeah. That's you the know? flip side. Yeah. yeah. He started speaking to her as if she was Golda Meir. Right. And when people are getting angry at others right now, that's, that's the other side of that too you know like um i ran into some friction with someone recently you know talking about me being in this place of privilege and and you know being insensitive to this or that and i think i've been trying to bend over backwards basically to just be quiet and let people of color speak right mm -hmm. but the the someone coming at me with something is also making me kind of a artificial cutout of, of something that's in their mind. Mm -hmm. the, I think the problem is, Peter, is that every human being is different and everyone deals with things differently. And if some people march and demonstrate and protest that's what's in their nature if you think of the daughters right right if you pity you're gonna go and do that right if you cuffer doesn't mean you're not supporting them but you support them in a different way you support them with love with support I hung out my window when they were marching downstairs. I, I waved. Right. <laughs> and you have food prepared for them when they, when they get tired and come home. 
That's what was difficult? Yeah, it was difficult in my building of 500 apartments. <laughs> right. <laughs> and COVID to run downstairs. COVID. Right, right, right. Yeah. But um, yeah, but you know, it would be different. So let, maybe we can talk a little bit more about the um, the whole program of yoga and how it gets us to this place of meditation. That I'm I'm delighted that there's been so much news about meditation over the past 10 years because that makes our job easier. But I think when people come, <clears throat> maybe they're expecting to do a mindfulness practice, kind of like a yoga nidra practice, like monitoring your body or something like that. But then we take them somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's because of the systematic way that we work through yoga to move past the mind. So it's mm -hmm. not mindfulness, it's, okay, now you're mindful, so get that mind to go quiet. Mm -hmm. So, of course, mindful and mind empty is the same thing. Because a, a mind that is empty means that it has no movement in it, and that's when it's complete, when it's full. So it's the modifications that limit the mind. Yeah. But and like when you said modifications, mind. your fingers went crazy, right? So it's like Ex that's exactly. going on in your mind. Chatter. Yeah. So when there is no chatter and the mind is still, it's full. You're seeing everything without limitation. But it's also empty because it's empty of thought. So unfortunately, English doesn't have the language. But really, Mind full and mind empty are the same thing. And the first step in yoga is to learn first how to focus your mind, then let it effortlessly be focused, and then mindfulness becomes there. Dhyana, effortless focus through life. And of course, then we can go to a deeper level of oneness. We can start to look what's beyond. But most people don't know that there's even something beyond. So they're very happy when their mind isn't scattered and they're not suffering from the uh, results of a scattered mind and the effects which is stress and anxiety and fear and judgment, right. racism. And confusion also that I thought I was doing the right thing. Why do I still feel those things? Why do I still not feel like in my podcast, I subtitled it real yoga, actual happiness and deep living. Right? Mm -hmm. So the, the things you get from doing this real yoga that we're talking about in our book is that you get to a place where you find santosha, you find contentment in living. Because some people, especially if you're more pitta, right? You're, you're thinking, I'm doing it all right. I'm doing it all right. Why, why, isn't, why isn't my life working, right? Mm -hmm. But it takes going that extra step 
because you can be seeing what's happening and still not know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. You need the inspiration. So, and that only comes when you know where inspiration comes from. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting because as soon as one gets inspiration, the, the, the very symbol, symbolic action of inspiration, oh, wow. It's like opening up. Yeah. The head, oh wow! I yeah. pulled something Gazing in. Gazing the sky, yeah, yeah, right. So, intuitively, unconsciously, it's even all there in every human being. But they think it's luck when they do that, right? Well, that this phrase so, "aha" is really nice. It's like, right? Yeah. Oh my God, there it is. Uh -huh. Yeah. Well, that's the reaction of your mind still. Yeah. But just before the aha, there's that opening of energy. So it's always aha. Yeah, it's always there. Yeah. Well, so that, that brings us to the next piece of the beautiful Ishta program that you developed that it's not keeping those two things separate. It's not keeping the mind down here, having to deal with your work and your kids and all that stuff. And then there's this wonderful aha time. It's that you bring that aha back into living. Mm -hmm. And that's also a unique feature of doing this practice in this way. Yeah, it's really important knowing how to get out there and just being out there can also be damaging because then you lose how to live in your body. Yeah. Or you so bypass Ishtu, problems. Yeah. So in Ishtu, we teach you the tools and in our book, how to get out there and tune to that, then open the channels for it to come back into our living. Yeah. And to be there to inspire and direct our life so that we don't have to try. Yeah. We even recognize that the mind is our servant, not our master. And when the mind is the master, then it's full, your life is filled with judgments rational and you're trying to work it out there and there will always be two sides to that so what another amazing thing in yoga in the state of oneness how you transcend in life in your living your feelings and the things that normally would haunt us our emotions well, you said that about me? They kind of fall flat. Like, oh, well, okay. That's what they think of me, all right? Must be in their brain something they see. So, Which isn't to say you don't pay attention to it. You, you notice what's said, and you, but you're able to evaluate it from a place that 
is past the reaction, right? You can see yeah, it with perspective. It's response yeah. as opposed to reaction. Reacting is trying to work it out mentally. And response is just sort of going through it, hearing it, letting it be there, letting, once you heard it, if somebody in a class says something to me, all I say is, okay, thank you. If they even say, I don't like that practice, I'll say, don't worry, I hear you. And I think one day you might, but maybe I'll even adapt it for you differently. Mm-hmm. Rather than, you didn't like my class, my teachings? Yeah. That never happens to me. So when the mind is still and we're feeling that love and knowing that we're all made of the same fabric, consciousness, well, you can see when another person's consciousness is trapped in mind. So the things that all the spiritual spiritual chatter that's out there these days of how to behave and how to word things and how to do things, which I think is a good way, it's kind of Janana Yoga, to help create the consciousness to become more clear. But what we're teaching you is how to have clear consciousness. Because when we have clear consciousness, you don't try and do those things. They're automatic. And sure, if you're stuck in some pattern, which can happen to any of us, and someone says something or a judgment, you hear it, it either shifts your consciousness and you say, thank you. Or you still say, thank you, but you realize it's something in them. Where they're going to grow from. Right? Yeah. So, it's such a different way of living and it's magical. But it does take the work, which in yoga is called sadhana. Yeah. It does take that daily letting the mind go still, doing the practices we've put forth in order to still the mind and then open the areas, the akasha values, the spaces that let us tune to the higher intelligence. Kind of like, you know, in the old days, a radio had an antennae which you could pull up. Right. And when it was closed, you couldn't hear anything. And then you'd pull it up and it was a little bit up, it was scratchy, but when you pulled it all the way up, there was a pure signal. It's the same thing with a human being. Al, you and I are the only people who remember that. Nowadays, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're the only ones old enough. Exactly, to have a radio with an antenna like that, yeah. <laughs> Don't you just use the internet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. We have to come up with another but, metaphor. But, you know, 
my internet, my old internet, now this house doesn't have that. I had an internet, very fancy, powerful one because of the photography that I enjoy doing. Yeah. And it has four antennas. And I had, I have that too. I just had to go buy that for this new place where we're staying. So it's true. Yeah. So we have to talk about the router, not the radio. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> In these days, yeah, I'd show them the, the four antennas which came up. You know how you can get 15 megabits if you turn your antenna a better direction? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> So yeah. in the same way, when we can open and adjust these centers, these receivers, these, in yoga, kasha vayus. Kashas meaning space and space with energetic qualities. So when we fine tune and learn where they are, we can tune to the unbound intelligence and we can bring it back into our living. Yeah. I was talking uh, to a teacher training group the other day and saying that the practices that we're doing, you called sadhana, to use the Sanskrit word, uh, to do a practice over time. It's kind of like going to that Harry Potter school where you learn how to work with energy and you learn how to make magic happen, but it's not like wish fulfillment. It's tuning yourself into who you really are, who, what your role is in this life, opening up your way, getting in tune with the currents that are carrying you through the evolution process of the universe. So it can feel very much like magic if you go with it once mm -hmm. you're doing it. But I think it's, I think it's kind of fun, especially talking about generations. So many people have been tuned into these magical thinking stories. And this is like an original of that. But it's not, it's not like, uh, I, w I wish I had a this. It's how can I find the truth of who I am and be in real happiness? Mm-hmm. So what is happiness, really? Happiness is really a state where you are not suffering. So when are you suffering? You only suffer when you're in duality. I want that because I don't have it. Ah. Right? Yeah. So suffering is what makes us feel incomplete. And when we feel incomplete, we're not happy. And when we fulfill the desire, we feel happy for a few seconds till the next one comes. So yeah, doing our practice or our sadhana, little difference practice and sadhana, practice of the techniques, sadhana means Becoming complete. Daily, become complete. Be who you are for 18 minutes. Because when you do that and you be complete for 18 minutes and then you come back to life, that's where you have a different vision. Without the, without a movie going on in your own mind constantly. 
different thousands of different movies screening. Yeah. Wow, that's like going, it's really, life then becomes like going, you know, when you go to the movie house theaters today, they have different movies in so many different scripts. Imagine if all, this is how the mind is, if all those movies were screening at the same time and you were in the theater and they were all going on. That's how chaotic our mind is. Yeah. So mindfulness helps us get the mind stilled and focused so at least we can focus on one movie. That's what's beyond all movies that we're teaching you. Yeah. Teaching people. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And um, in the current you know, situation where we're supposed to be distancing, hopefully we're moving to new phases of that where we get to do less uh, sequestering away. One of the the joys that has come about is that everyone is feeling more unified. Everyone sort of got the same issues, the same problems, and it's helping us to see a little bit better how we are all one. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping that that lets everybody turn more to a practice that lets you get more of that. How do I do, how do I feel like this without this dramatic thing making us all have to think of ourselves as in the same boat. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that will happen. That's how evolution happens. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what is happening to us now is, make, is making us start to learn to live differently. That when we all come out again, we won't jump back. You see, we would if it was quick enough, we right. would jump right back to the old patterns. But the virus is designed to be there long enough for us to truly evolve. Yeah. To interrupt the patterns. Yeah. And interrupting the patterns is uncomfortable when you're in your mind. I want to go out and do this. Right. I miss that. Well, I kind of like this. Yeah. Don't have to go out. Yeah. <laughs> well, in, and in the in yoga language, you have this tapas. It's like a burning away of the old stuff that allows for the new to have a chance to be there. Exactly. So a new vision. Yeah. Will come. Yeah. So another thing that's coming from this um, current situation is everyone having to take all their work online. But uh, for us and all of the people who we've taught all over the world, it's providing this new opportunity for them to be able to be in class with a teacher as opposed to only being able to read a book or only being able to read some uh, or watch something that's pre-recorded. And that's, I think, been a real blessing, especially when people are learning a practice and trying to get established in a practice, having access to you, having access to me or some of our other colleagues, when 
when they want online, take a class. It's been really great. Mm -hmm. So the internet didn't happen by mistake. It's all part of evolution. And to take us the next step of using the internet, that we can live through it, is going to change our consciousness. It's showing the world, really, this COVID, how we're all one. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's so crazy that we have different countries. Still, at this time, in this yeah. day. And then they start bickering, who's going to get the, the, the vaccine first? Right. You know, it's kind of like surely by now, we begin to realize, and you see pictures of China, where it came from, and they show you photographs in the news. And it's like, is that China or is it America? Again, I can't tell the difference. Yeah. So here we are still bickering about Russia, China. I mean, we saved the human beings. And the so whole hopefully... Hopefully, this will expand us yeah. to begin to recognize this. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good, hopeful place for us to uh, pause the conversation for now, and uh, hopefully we'll get to chat again soon. Fantastic. We'll do this again and take it deeper. Yay. All right, Alan. Have a wonderful day. Namaste. Thank you. Namaste, Peter. Thanks so much. That's today's episode. Thanks a lot for listening to Peter's podcast. I hope that you find real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living through your practice. Please support me on Patreon, rate the podcast, and I'll see you next week. Namaste.